Lord, help us to depend on You and to live holy lives. And Lord, as we open Your Word now, we pray that You would invigorate our hearts, that You would open our ears, that You would soften our hearts, so that we would hear Your Word and obey it. Lord, as we look at the way we pray today, as we come before you in prayer, Lord, may we come to you with hearts that are praying, with hearts that are humble before you. And so, Lord, teach us to pray. We say together that prayer that you taught us through your word, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. As we continue in our studies this morning in the book of Luke, we come to that prayer that we just prayed and where the Lord gave it to us as a model of how we should pray. And we'll be discussing that a little bit. But let's just look at that prayer once again. Luke chapter 11, and we'll be looking at the first four verses. I want to read right through to verse 13, and we'll discuss that section of what Jesus said uh, the next time we get around this passage. So it's a two-part short mini-series on prayer, but we're going to be looking at the prayer itself this morning. So Luke chapter 11, and let's read from verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are now with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give a, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? 
Or if he asks for an egg, we will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? In Allentown in America, a holographer, that's someone who works with holographs or beams of light, applied to the Guinness World Book of Records for the world's smallest Lord's Prayer. And he had managed to put the Lord's Prayer on a light beam, the size, the width of a single human hair, or if you get scientific about this, a hundred microns in diameter. Smallest Lord's Prayer. And it was created on this beam of light by this laboratory laser. Through the years, scientists, engravers and hobbyists have been making the Lord's Prayer smaller and smaller for some reason and since the mid-19th century they've engraved the Lord's Prayer on rings even on a single grain of rice on the head of a pin and now also on a laser hologram. So, that's the Lord's Prayer as an interesting scientific experiment. How about the Lord's Prayer as a speed record? When I was at school, I remember the days I was at a public school. We used to say the Lord's Prayer every single day at assembly. And as kids do, we had competitions. Who could say it the fastest? I was quite good, actually. I won't tell you how many seconds it took me, but you might be sitting there trying to do it faster. How about the Lord's Prayer as a good luck charm? You know, it's repeated worldwide before football games you'll find whole teams repeating the Lord's Prayer over and over to each other. And together with the Hail Mary, it's the two most popular prayers in the world, the Lord's Prayer and Hail Mary. People say the Lord's Prayer when they land up in difficult situations. It's been heard to be said in taxis when they've been hurtling through traffic. You hear the passengers in the back seat saying the Lord's Prayer to themselves. It's a bit like rubbing the magic lantern and hopefully the Lord will help me in this situation, right? What about you? Now, you might not be as crude with the Lord's Prayer, but when we said the Lord's Prayer just now, were you actually thinking about what you're praying? You see, we've got it down to rote. We can just say it. But is that what the Lord's Prayer is really about? Is that why the Lord left us this prayer? A second preamble I want to make to the Lord's Prayer is this. The Lord's Prayer is not really the Lord's Prayer, as in the Lord had to pray it. Because the Lord didn't have to pray, Lord, forgive me for my sins, did he? No. So it was left to us as a pattern that we have to follow. And I'll speak a little bit about that. You see, you and I, when we need to pray, we need to pray that the Lord will forgive us our sins. And so the Lord Jesus left us this model of a prayer. If you really want to hear the Lord's Prayer, I'd urge you to turn to John chapter 17 some stage and look at the high priestly prayer. And if you want to see Jesus' heart before his Father as he prays that high priestly prayer for all believers, then go and read that beautiful prayer of a son to his Father. The third preamble I want to say is this, and Dave kind of touched on it last week, 
And I'm always amazed at how the Lord ties these things together as He teaches us as His people here. Ephesians 4.1 said this, and Dave preached on it last week, be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. Now that's quite hard because how do we imitate God? We can't see Him. And yet God has left us ways that we can imitate Him. The Lord has left us this prayer so that we can imitate Jesus. And so when Jesus prays to His Father, can we not also pray to our Father? Isn't He our Father too? And so it's really important that we look at this prayer. And so we come to the priority of this prayer. And the disciples noted this as well, verse 1. You see, they'd been watching Jesus praying. They'd been watching Jesus praying all over the place, in all kinds of circumstances, on boats, up mountains, Jesus was praying. And here again, they see Jesus praying. And so one of the disciples comes to Jesus and says, Lord, teach us to pray. John the Baptist teaches his disciples to pray. Can you teach us to pray too, Lord? We want to be like them. You see, it's recorded in early documents that John's disciples prayed and they had a very distinctive prayer and when they said their prayers, everyone knew that those were John's disciples. And so maybe this disciple is saying, Lord, yes, we want to pray like you, but what's your prayer? Teach us your brand, Lord. We want to pray. But maybe they'd noticed that Jesus' power was connected to his prayer. And sometimes, and, and many times, when Jesus had had his power used up in a way by healing people all day, then he would be re-energized. And many times, just before he did great things, he would be praying. They'd noticed this. And so this disciple comes to the Lord and says, Lord, teach us to pray. We want to know how to pray. So it's a noble request. And so Jesus teaches them this pattern of prayer, this template. And please listen to me today. It is not a rule. It's not that you must pray this prayer. You see, there are some who say, when you pray, you must only pray the Lord's Prayer. And so they will repeat it over and over and over because that's what you must do. No. Jesus left us and his disciples, this template, this pattern to follow. He taught them the principles of prayer. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. What is prayer anyway? The children's catechism said it. What's the answer? What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. That's the children's catechism. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. And so Jesus says to them, when you pray then I will show you what to say. I need to just stop on that little word, when. When you pray. You see, it's a very different word to if you pray. He says, when you pray. The sad reality is that sometimes in our lives, it's if you pray. Sometimes our approach to prayer is a little bit about like our daily check-ins to Facebook. I'm just doing a status update, Lord. Here's my photo. It's uploaded. Now get on with life. Is that what your prayer life's like? I have to hang my head in shame sometimes. Because you see, we get so busy that we haven't got time for prayer. But the Lord says, when you pray, spend time with me. Don't you want to speak to me? My son died for you. I sent my son to save you. 
He gave His life for you. He died for you. Don't you want to speak to me? When you pray. Oh, we say, life's a bit hectic, Lord. I'll do a quick check-in with you and then I'll get on with my life. But you see, when do we find Jesus praying? We find Jesus praying when life gets the most hectic. That's when He spends time with His Father. And there's a great lesson there for you and I. When we pray. Chris earlier read that passage to us from Matthew chapter 6 about how not to pray. And we read that together, so I'm not going over that now. Jesus said to the disciples, don't pray like the hypocrites on the street corners. What do they do? They stand there so that everyone would see them praying. They would actually have someone who would ring a bell before they started praying. They'd stand on a street corner and then they'd start praying there very solemnly and loudly so people could hear they are praying. Don't pray like that, says the Lord. Go into your secret room and then pray to your heavenly Father in secret because He knows your heart. But spend time with Him. So, don't come to me with pride. Don't come to me with meaningless repetition, says the Lord. Pray to me from your heart. Just pour out your heart to me, says the Lord. Spend time with me in humility. So, how are we to pray? And this is what He says. He says, Father, in heaven. Now note here, please note, look in your version, because you're not going to see this word there. You're not going to see the word please there. You see, so many times we start our, our prayers with Lord. What's the next word? Please. And we start rattling off the pleases. He says, start this way. Our Father in heaven. Now there's something to be said for that, you see. Our Father in heaven. Who is this that we're coming to in prayer? He's our sovereign Father. We are the mortals. He's the all-powerful one. But He's not unapproachable. He's our Father. He's called that very deliberately. Yes, He's the God of the universe, but He's our Father. And so we come to our Father in humility. But please take note of this. He might be our father, but he's not our buddy. You see, some people come to the Lord and they see him as their father, but he's their big buddy, the big guy up there. He's our father, yes, but he is the all-powerful God, the one who sits enthroned in the heavens that we just sang about this morning. That beautiful song, Behold our God, seated on the throne, come, let us adore him. That's our father, and yes, he's approachable. But He is God. And yes, there's a close relationship between us and our Father because He's our sustainer. Ask yourself this question. Can you afford one moment without God's input into your life? One moment? Can you afford a moment of independence from God? He's your Father. As Dave reminded us last week, He's the one... If we are believers sitting here this morning, He's the one that we originated from. That's why He's called our Father. I come from Him. You see, He took me. I was a rebel once in sin. He wasn't my Father then. And, my, and He came and He saved me from my sin. The Spirit did that work of regeneration, of change in me. He put new life in me. He made me His son. He made you His daughter. And now, He's your Father. He's my Father. I originate from Him. Ephesians 2, 17 and 18 speaks about we have access to God 
through Jesus Christ and the work He did for us, the work of the Spirit. And so the opposite truth is, is, is true as well. If you're sitting here and you are not a believer, then you cannot call Him your Father. And it doesn't help that you come to Him in prayer. He doesn't hear your prayer. Why? Because the only prayer He will hear from an unbeliever is what? Lord, save me. Why should He listen to any other prayer? He is not your Father. And so that's the other truth we have here. The only prayer He will hear from you as an unbeliever is, Lord, save me. And I pray that you will pray that prayer today if you do not know the Lord. Lord, save me. Make me your Father. Become my Father too, Lord. It's a beautiful word, this Father. The Aramaic word Abba. Daddy. He loves us, you see. And therefore, says Scripture, we can come to the Lord boldly. Hebrews says it in this way. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, we can come before our Father, not because of who we are. We can come boldly before Him because of who He is and because He loves us and He wants us to spend time with Him. And therefore, we can approach His throne boldly. But remember what you're approaching. You're approaching a throne. He is your Father, but He is God. So, our Father in heaven. And then the Lord carries on. He says, hallowed be your name. Now, we've already touched on that. Why should He say this? Hallowed be your name. In other words, the literal translation here is, let let be held in reverence the name of you. You see, it's one phrase there. Let it be held in reverence, what? The name of you. In other words, let God's name be set apart. Holy is His name. His name is not just any other name. He is God, our Father. In the Hebrew tradition, they would not even say God's name. They wouldn't even commit His name to paper. They would leave letters out there. They would write the unutterable Yahweh with Y-H-W-H. Their methods might have been a bit questionable, but their attitude was definitely right. You see, they honoured and revered God for who He is. They knew that He is the one who is to be hallowed. He is set apart. Dave touched on this too last week. What is that catechism question? What is the chief end of man? In other words, what is the life purpose of man? It is to what? Glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Glorify God, you see. Hallowed be His name. And so when we pray, and I want you to think a little bit in your own prayer life, do you start your prayers glorifying God for who He is? Who is He? I'm going to name you some of the attributes. There are long lists of the attributes of God. But just listen to who He is. He's the self-existent one. He's the unchanging one. He's the all-powerful one. He's holy. He's all-knowing. He's good. He's loving. He's pure. He's the truth. He's gracious. He's above us. He's everlasting. He's unable to sin. He's all-forgiving. He's merciful. He's incomprehensible but knowable. Think about that. He's provident. He looks after you, every, you and I every day. He's righteous. He's sovereign. He's outside of space and time. He's infinite. He's uncontainable. 
And yet He's omnipresent. He's our God and our Father. And we are to hallow His name. Do you stop and think who He is sometimes? Do you hold His name in awe? Are you jealous for His name? I'll give you a little example. If you really love someone, put up your hand if you do. Okay, good. I don't need to do marriage counseling as well. If you really love someone, you are jealous for their name, aren't you? If someone came along and and spoke badly about the name of that person that you love, what would you do? Or if you're big, you'd sock them. No, that's not Christian. But you wouldn't allow that, would you? You'd defend them. And yet, we say we love the Lord. How often do we defend the Lord's name when we hear it being used in vain? Do you use those letters, oh my God, OMG? How often does it slip out of your mouth? And yet you say you love this God? Hallowed be your name. You see, if you were in the Old Testament and you used those words, what would happen to you? They'd stone you. Hallowed be your name. Do you honour the Lord's name in your prayer? The Lord carries on, he says, May your kingdom come. And then Matthew adds a bit of flesh to that in the prayer that the Lord obviously taught them as well elsewhere. Let your will be done. So let your kingdom come. How? Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how the Lord's kingdom comes. You see, God's kingdom is His priority. And it should be ours too. And even when we pray, how often do we stop in our prayers and pray about God's kingdom coming? In all kinds of aspects, whether it's the mission work that we're involved in, whether it's that friend you've been speaking to, Lord, may your kingdom come. May you build up your kingdom. Do we ever stop in our prayers and pray about God's kingdom coming? That's the parameter we are to have around our prayers. He is sovereign. His will will be done, yet are we in tune with God's heart? Does it come out in our prayers? Now all this that we've said is the way we are to pray before we get to that first little please word. We have to praise God for who He is. We have to remember to honour His name. We have to pray about His kingdom. And once you've done that, then you can start to please. And this is what the Lord says. He says, give us this day our daily bread. And the literal translation is, keep giving us daily our daily bread. Keep giving us daily our daily bread. In other words, yes, you can pray about your needs. Yes, you're allowed to do that. The Lord wants you to come and to bring your needs before Him. He wants you to bring your cares before Him, and He will answer you. But He says, I will supply your needs for what? For today. Come before me about today. Don't think about next week. Don't think about your retirement. Come before me about today. And trust me for today. And then come before me again for tomorrow's needs. And trust me for tomorrow's needs. But don't start thinking too much ahead. We don't know how many days we have on this earth. The Lord says, Give, come to me today. Give us this day our daily bread. You see, in small faith, we try and look ahead and make sure there's some hedging happening over there so that I'm sure I'll be looked after, don't we? I do that. 
Feed me daily, says the, is our prayer before the Lord. As you fed your people in the desert on manna, quail and water. If you want to look that up in Exodus 16. They didn't know where they were going to get food the next day. When they woke up in the morning, there it was. But who was giving it to them? God was. They couldn't do anything about it. They had to come before the Lord and ask Him for it daily. Give us this day our daily bread. The Lord carries on. He says, forgive us our sins. How? Through Jesus Christ. Forgive us our sins through Jesus Christ. But there's an attitude there. Lord, will you forgive me my sins? And then Matthew adds it in, and here too in this passage, as we ourselves forgive those who are indebted to us. You see, how do we forgive others? Do we forgive others with but our attitude? Nah, I'll forgive them. And then we expect the Lord to forgive us our sins. He showed us grace when we were rebels. So how should we ask for forgiveness as we forgive others? So we should forgive quickly. Because we want our sins forgiven, don't we? But we do need to come daily. And this is the moment where you can list those sins. And if you start listing, there will be a long list that you can list on a day. Lord, please forgive me for... And then be specific with the Lord. Yes, He knows your heart, but He wants you to bring Him those specific things. He wants you to confess those sins before Him daily. Bring Him those specific prayers. Confess your sin before the Lord. Don't hold any of it back. He knows your heart. You might as well bring it to Him. Confess it to Him. Forgive us our sins. You want your sins forgiven, right? And then this beautiful prayer, and lead us not into temptation. Now the word used here is not the way you understood temptation there, as in, oh, I'm going to sin here. No, it's the word for testing. Lord, lead us not into testing. You see, the truth is from Scripture that God doesn't lead us into evil. You go and read James chapter 1, verse 1 to 15. God never leads us into evil, but He does test us. And so, in a situation, God will put us in a situation where we are to apply those principles He's taught us, and then He sees how we get through that situation. Why? Because He is working on our faith. He's strengthening our faith. He's making us to be more like His Son. He's testing us. Is it pleasant at the time? Of course it isn't. And that's why there's this prayer. Lord, lead us not into a time of testing. Please, Lord. It's a prayer for mercy. You see, we don't go into temptation because the Lord leads us there. We go there because we want to. Our own inclinations lead us there. And so we have the rest of the prayer which Matthew has for us. But deliver us from evil. Lord, I know I'm going to go there. Deliver me from evil, Lord. I've got a weak human heart. Deliver me from evil, Lord. Help me. In other words, what's he praying for? Enablement. Give me the strength to resist, Lord. Enable me through your Spirit. And that refers to verse 13, and I'll come back to that the next time. We need to have the Spirit enabling us to be able to be delivered from evil. Because if it's up to us, we just walk right into it. And then he ends with that beautiful line there. 
Matthew ends with this bit. A prayer of praise. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What a fitting doxology. You know, if we had to end our prayers like that, we'd be ending praising the Lord. So you finish the please, 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 and then you stop and you say, Lord, may your name be glorified because I know you are going to answer my prayers. Thine is the kingdom. I acknowledge that, Lord. It is about you and your kingdom. You are the all-powerful one. You are the glorious one forever and ever And then that beautiful word, Amen. Let it be so. And many times we should repeat that three times. Amen, Amen, Amen. Let it be so, Lord. And you will bring it about because you are the sovereign one. What a way to pray. You see, you don't need to just repeat the Lord's Prayer endlessly. There's the pattern for you and I to use. God says, now you, come before me and pray. Pour out your heart. But start with prayer and praise to me. Just Remember who I am. Hello, my name. And then come before me. And come near with confidence before me and bring your request to me because I know your heart. I'm your Father. I want to answer your prayers. I want to see to your needs every day. But come before me. Come with confidence. And end with praise to who I am because I'm your loving Father, the sovereign God, the all-knowing one. You see, we have to pray like that. You know what's coming next, right? The application, the so what. And guess what? We're going to do something radical today. We're going to pray. How's that? It's no use talking about it. We're going to pray. And so what I'm going to do is, we're going to put up, I'm going to put up screens here. And the first one is, we're going to glorify our Father. And look, you might never have prayed aloud in your whole life. It doesn't matter. Today is going to be the first day, right? But I want us just to pray as a church. You see, if we are too ashamed to pray as a church, what are we going to do out there? We need to come before the Lord. And so I'm going to help you. And we're going to put these screens up one at a time. Just keep that one up for now, alright? I'm going to put these up one at a time. We're going to start hallowing God's name. And I'll give you a little few tips there about God. These are some of the attributes that I read out to you earlier. And as you pray, just short little prayers. You don't need to take over the whole rest of the service, all right? Just a short little sentence prayer. Take one of those and just give God thanks. Think about that and then pray. Use your heart and come before the Lord. And then we're going to go to ask our Father and we're going to ask Him to give us certain things. And we're going to speak about our missionaries. And I've listed them up there for you. I've put about those who are sick. Dulcie's back in hospital. We're going to pray about those going on the mission to Fiji. Sunday school, ministries, and you might have something else you want to pray about under general, alright? Not rules. These are hints to help you to pray. But again, short little sentence prayers. And then we're going to ask the Lord to receive enablement. To give us enablement for the task He has for us when we walk out these doors. And we're going to ask Him to do that for us as a church. And then we're going to end with a beautiful doxology from Jude. We're going to sing now unto Him who is able. What a Beautiful way to end the prayer, right? You ready for it? This is practical 101 prayer. So I'm going to ask, let's just come before the Lord. I'm going to sit there with you. And we're going to just come before God. And I'm going to ask you to lead us through there. I will give you directions as we pray through here. So let's start and pray. Come before our God. Remember who He is. 
give Him praise as our Father. Lord, I pray that as a church we would put into practice what we've learned from your word today. That we would, that you would save us from those one shot, short little prayers that we offer up to you and we think that you'll be pleased with. Lord, enable us to spend time with you. To just worship you, to give you the honor and praise due to your name because you're our everlasting Father. Lord, may we love you and spend time in prayer with you, not just speaking to you, but listening to your Spirit speaking to us. Lord, speak to us, we pray. Enable us for the task at hand. Protect us through your Spirit from the wiles of Satan, from the wiles of his helpers, from this world and from our own sin. Lord, May we be more like Jesus, we pray. Lord, as we bring you honour due to your name, we would sing together that beautiful hymn from the book of Jude that you gave to us as we sing together. Now unto him who is able to...